This podcast is a member of WGPRN, wildgamesproductions.com. Hey, this is Will Wheaton, and you're listening to Roll for Initiative. You remember. Roll your stealth roll. Game books, pencils, pizza, cheese puffs, and a hell of a lot of dice. And the dragon woke up. Roll for Initiative. This is the Roll for Initiative podcast, where 1E is the place to be. Welcome back to Roll for Initiative podcast. This is volume 5, 172. Greetings, folks. Vince sitting here alongside Nick. Hey, everybody. Matt. Hello, everyone. And Sal. Hello. So we're back with a new show. Before we start things off and kick things off, uh, Nick, do we have any stars this week? Yes, we do. Oh, great hairless one. Uh, we have uh, five-star reviews at uh, iTunes, and you know how we all go through that to get there. Just go to iTunes, type in Roll for Initiative at the iTunes store, and uh, you could track it from there, and you could put a five-star or zero-star or 100-star review for us. How many stars do you want? You can't do so. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. But, but only up to five. And you can't do zero as much as some people probably would like. To. I know. <laughs> But uh, we do have a review coming from DM Countermash. And it gives us a review of five stars. And he says, if you lived it, you'll get it. So there was a time long ago where when my friends and I would hang out late at Sherry's restaurant and discuss advanced Dungeons and Dragons over coffee for hours on end. I was the DM then as now. And I'd scroll notes on napkins while enthusiastically discussing aspects of the game. Like who hasn't done that? Right guys. Mm. Maybe too enthusiastically <laughs> really, since we're possibly responsible for the time constraints and prohibited limit on French fries and stressing the restaurant eventually instituted. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> Listening the role for initiative reminds me of that experience. Each time I listen, the show has gotten a lot of good reviews here, abbreviated with a relatively small number of other less complimentary critiques from listeners who perhaps haven't had the pleasure of turning blue in the face while arguing about the merits of psionics, whether or not orcs have pig faces. Heck yeah. <laughs> if you're one of those listeners, man, you've probably missed out on some great ideas, whether it's from your fellow players or from the RFI hosts. There's plenty of material here. I've been running games for over 30 years, and each episode holds something new for me. I'm not going to give you personality breakdowns. That would be irrelevant, really. The podcast has been an active, informative, and evolving presence online for a long time now. The roster of DMs have changed now and again, but DM Vince has man managed to keep the spirit of the show fresh and inviting, encouraging gamers of all ages to keep Gary Gygax's contrib contributions to the world very much alive. There you go, Vince. A little shout out to you. Oh, yeah. I like to thank each of the hosts for everyone else involving involved in producing this podcast, in addition to other shows offered by Wild Game Productions, because they've helped me recapture some of the imaginative spark I've lost for a couple of years. I've gotten to reconnect with the skinny 13 year old kid who picked up his first rule books in 1983. Is that I legal? Was, <laughs> it was, it was, it's a, not a bad touch. <laughs> I've listened. I've let those memories inspire me. And sometimes, sometimes I even argued with a little son of a bitch. <laughs> oh. up, guys. DM Countermanch. So thank you so much for the review. That's really good. It's very, uh, 
It's very inspiring. Yeah, it was yeah. very, very nice, thoughtful review. Seriously, that that's cool when you get to throw somebody's nostalgia up like that. That is, yeah. you know what? And I, that if if we've done anything in this show, if we've gotten, you know, like you say, raised our nostalgia able, uh, value of, of the game, and maybe we've actually had ones where they've they've listened to the show by chance and like, yeah, I used to play that game. I'm going to start playing again. It actually inspired them to play AD and D again. I think we've done our job. So. Hmm. Thank you and good night, everybody. No. That was just a show. Thank you. No. Now let's introduce Squeak. Oh, never mind. Um, oh. 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 Why do you do it? I'm sorry. Anyway, if you'd like to keep in contact with us, you can find us on Facebook uh, slash, I think, RFI Podcast or Roll for Initiative Podcast. That's spelled R-O-L-L, not another way. <laughs> and... um you can find what you're talking about, sir. I don't know. You can find us on Twitter, RFI Podcast. Uh, we're on there. You can email us, RFI staff at gmail.com. We do have a voicemail, 570 865 4210. I know a couple people did voicemail in, we had about four, but they were really bad uh, um, quality. And maybe that was Skype. Maybe that was your phone. If those people would call back in so we can get those voicemails again, we'd appreciate it. They just sounded like you were. Like, like that. Sounds like you're at the drive-thru with a broken microphone. Nick. Fry cake. Yeah. Or you can find us at uh, Reddit slash uh, A D N D, not A D H D, like that. <laughs> looking on most. That's oh, posting D and D stuff in an H D H D four. I mean, eighty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you almost did it yourself. Yeah, I know. He's and a, not for nothing, they wouldn't. They would have noticed, but they just can't pay attention that long. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> never actually got through one of his posts. Oh. They couldn't pay attention long enough to downvote it. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that, that's right. not something we should make fun of. I apologize. No, what? I wasn't paying. Attention. Yeah, I, I, I thought so. <laughs> yeah, so you can find us in those places and uh, more. Also, and also hell. Well, you, you'll be, you'll see us in hell. Yes, yes. We'll, we'll all be rotting. And we have other fine shows and podcasts on our network of Wild Games Productions, such as Thacko's Hammer, starring DM Glenn. Thacko's Hammer. <laughs> starring DM Glenn. And uh, Brian, Corey, full-on gamer. Am I missing anybody? No. And we also have Save or Die with Mike, Liz, Save and Mr. Wampa. Yes. And uh, that's pretty much our main podcast right now. I know Dead Game Society, some people were asking about that. That show is, I think, on hiatus right now because they had some problems getting together recording but you can still listen to chat on something called game school or i can't it's not dead yet it's not dead yet it's not dead yet and that's that so we're gonna head into our topic of the evening we're gonna talk a little bit about some experiences that we had in the early 80s late 80s particularly around the whole satanic panic and the whole bad situation which was bothered about dungeons and dragons with patricia pulling Ugh. Yeah, that's the woman who... During the dark times. What? During it the dark was. times. Yeah, some people call it the dark years. Some people call it the satanic panic. Some people call it the dumb years. Other people <laughs> call it good advertising. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No <laughs> such thing as bad advertising. That's right. So in the early 80s, this woman, Patricia Pulling, her son committed suicide uh, at, in 1982 <laughs> when he was in high school. He pretty much took a, a gun and shot himself in the chest. So this woman decided, <laughs> I cannot laugh without thinking about this. This woman decided that since her son was playing Dungeons and Dragons and that the last thing he, he 
did in Dungeons and Dragons it had a curse placed upon him or his character that <laughs> the game is what killed him. So she decided to sue the school, which I have no idea why so uh, yeah. school would work. <clears throat> I and think- then she filed a lawsuit against TSR, against Gary Gygax, to say that D&D was the cause of her son's death. You were saying so? Uh, oh. okay. I, I, I'm sorry. I just, I just wanted to... Uh... Full disclosure, guys. I was his DM. <laughs> you son of a... <laughs> I was his DM, and... So you were like, what, two? When you... <laughs> you killed Blackleaf? <laughs> caused... yeah, I was just going to say, you probably caused Blackleaf's death. You <laughs> son of a... <laughs> I was his DM, and uh, yeah, he was he was cursed in game. And uh, he left a little bit. He was a little upset when he left, but I didn't think anything of it. I said, okay, I'll see you next week. And... uh I just want to get that out. I feel better having, you know, spilt my soul to you guys. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm kidding because I don't have a soul. I sold it to the devil. Oh, okay. Remember, uh, yeah, because I was his DM. So it's true. that's it's true. that's how we got that high level. So this is the route you're taking, Sal, huh? Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. Just want to make sure about that. Yeah, no problem. Anyway, so she formed her own organization called Bothered Against Dungeons and Dragons called BAD, was an advocate group that was dedicated to the regulation of role-playing games such as Dungeons and Dragons. It didn't just stop there. Yeah, 80s was it, all about those anachronisms. Oh, yeah. yeah. Regulating that and music and a uh, whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, she gained a lot of traction during the first, uh, like, 82, 83, 84. Uh, when she formed her group, she even got the Christian media properties as long as... Uh, no, the, Christ, the conservative Christian media properties involved as well, of course. The 700 Club jumped in there. Ugh. Yeah. And, you know, d and is about demonology, witchcraft, voodoo, murder, rape, blasphemy, suicide, assassination, insanity, sex perversion. Dogs and cats just, living together, mass hysteria. Yeah. Pretty just much. a quick quick note, Vince. Um, D&D for Pat Robertson. This is a true story. Pat Robertson feels that the Buddha statue is also a gateway, along with D&D, mm-hmm. a gateway to letting demons inside of you. Oh, now, and again, yeah. we're all... I'm, whoops! <laughs> <laughs> Matt's gonna have to edit that one out. Yeah. So, that one out. yeah. So, automatically, this is now this game took on a religious, mm. like side by side already for no reason other than they said, "Well, that's that's what it means." Obviously. Well, yeah. Because so, you know Pat Robertson is getting all of his research from the Jack Chick tracks, right? right. <laughs> yeah. Apparently so. And, and we can't. Jack Chick thinks the same way. Well, we also can't forget Patricia Pulling also thought the Necronomicon was real. Real, which it yeah. isn't. Wait, it's not. No. Hang on, I'll be right back. <laughs> anyway, well, 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 we also can't forget that even before that with Patricia Pulling and the quote-unquote pulling report there was the there was the issue the what was known with james dallas egbert the third we'll get to that that in a second you can you can pick that up right after this i just want to explain the rest of the situation here sure sure so she started gaining some traction with the groups gaining some mothers who joined in mothers against dungeons and dragons was also formed along as a side group which was Mm -hmm. because it's mad mothers against drunk driving duh but it was another acronym that was just dumb in the 80s. And she was actually summoned on 60 Minutes with an interview regarding this with Guy Gax in defensive position yeah. about how this is 
not a bad game and how this game is just helping people come out of their shell, people learn to do math better from this game, how people become more social. But no, she related it to just sticking to her guns and saying, we're all Satanists. Hail Satan. Yes. And then, oh no, in 1989, Michael A. Stackpole, which I'm, uh, people were familiar with, Mr. Stackpole, wrote a bunch mm-hmm. of modules, one of Star Wars books, mm-hmm. D&D novels, actually went and did a bunch of research and he wrote Game Hysteria and the Truth, which went into all the flaws and mis- misconceptions, inaccuracies, and omissions of relevant details and questionable practices, going as far as to call her editing of newspaper accounts not only illegitimate but illegal. Since mm-hmm. newspapers are copyrighted material and the owners were not contacted about the use of these articles regarding all of her claims about RPGs in general and especially D&D. So... He basically debunked everything. Yes, <laughs> he, he also, did. Uh, did he also out uh, that guy, what's his name, John Turd, Todd, whatever his name was? The one who was a quote-unquote satanic high priest who left the order? Oh, the one who, yeah, he, yeah that hit uh, the, yeah. What a schmuck. Yeah. Yeah, he also, he's also on the Jack Chick website. That's where, yeah, that's, you'll find those articles there. Like how he says that, uh, I think you're referring to how, quote-unquote, Two game designers from TSR came to him and asked him if the uh, the the to have the spells that are going to be in the book as accurate as possible as real. Yeah. Uh, I hate to break it to you, um, they're not real. No. I, I cast web. Yeah. <laughs> I. You know what? Um, if you try to cast Featherfall in real life and you're on top of a hundred story building, you are going. To die. Yeah, I, I don't know anyone. Uh, oh, okay. Then again, you know, the Darwin Award will go to you. Well, anyway, so, so her son did kill herself, which is, I always, I'm sorry, I always laugh when I see the dude's name. It's Irving Lee Bink pulling the second. So not so he, only was there one Irving Lee Bink, there was a good chance that he died with a wedgie. <laughs> Yeah, very good chance. And she and I like how it says she had four daughters. Don't even care about the names. Just four, <laughs> four daughters. And so this after guy. this publication came out from Stackpool, she basically was embarrassed and left bad. Bad pretty much hit a bad turn. <laughs> Literally. And pretty much became defunct at that point. She wound up dying in 97 of <laughs> yeah, of cancer. Oh, yeah, she died of lung cancer. You know yeah. what that's Great called? If I could say if I could use this, karma's a bitch, dude. <laughs> You know, so spreading all the hate and all the lies, she dies of cancer. That's very Christian of you to spread the hate like that. Yeah. yeah. Very good, Nick. Yes. And then, <laughs> so basically, in 97, the American Association of Society, I can't pronounce this word, Sociology. Yeah. And the U.S. Center, of, I don't know how the Disease Control Center got involved. But <laughs> uh, you know, it, we'll that Center of Disease Control also covers psychological yeah. uh, things, suicide, uh, schizophrenia, all that stuff. But okay. yeah. Suicide between the 18 to 25 range of males. Role-playing was actually told in science. This is science. It's not nobody's, it's not an opinion. The suicide rate was actually brought down from role-playing in males, 18 to 25, because of role-playing. Yeah. So, yeah, and, right there, science, dummy. Yeah, oh. and the health and welfare of Canada got involved, which we don't know why to this day. But anyway, all eventually concluded that there was no casual link between fantasy gaming and suicide, and then basically bad ceased to exist at that well, point. Well, then they moved on to Ozzy because he was a, it was his fault. No, bad went defunct at that point. Yeah, they pretty much yeah you know withered away. Didn't they start so. a boy band? <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Nick, you and I are the elder people on this podcast. I, I guess. <laughs> so to speak. Chronologically, I don't know about psychologically, but yes. So during the 80s, how was your experiences playing D&D with your parents, to be honest? Here. You I played with no... your parents? No. Oh. No. Like, that's awesome. But that would have been kind of cool. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the where I grew up, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Nebraska. And um, and at that time, when I got into it, 1981, so all this stuff was going on. Yeah. I had no clue about it whatsoever. And my family, including my, my, my parents and my extended family, you know, aunts and uncles, whatnot, never, ever, ever had a problem with it at all. Because I was, maybe because I had a good, healthy relationship with my family you know i was pretty open about hey yeah i really want to get this game it was they were excited about because there was actually something that i got actually got attached to and got, got excited got about they had fun with it you know yeah. exactly they got away you from know? nick for a while exactly <laughs> no i was a good kid i just never got caught see that's you don't get caught um but um i yeah i never had a problem with it with my family now Later on, I heard from, like, other people in our gaming community where I've heard about these stories about, like, the, the Dallas-Egbert affair mm-hmm. and the stuff about Patricia pulling and all that. You know, I it was always uh, you know, a matter-of-fact sort of stuff I found out from. It was always, like, from third-hand sources. I mean, I do recall watching the mazes and monsters movie yeah. with with a very young tom hanks you know yeah. don't forget the sacrilege don't forget the sacrilege yes and um terrible made for tv movie terrible and yeah. i know the book was but rona was, jaffe's book yes the one yeah. that was based upon what happened with with the right she, young mr dallas like, she cashed in a second just keep going with you and cashed in on that and i i have a dvd copy of the movie because i found it in the five dollar bin yes sir <laughs> yes sir. and i'm like i'll just have it for the hell of it and uh, the ironic thing about all this that i do remember is like they say so uh, what happened with gary gygax in the interview in 60 minutes and blah 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 D D got a major upsurge during that time. Yeah. And well, what can you say is bad press. There's no such thing as bad press. So for myself personally, though, I never ever encountered any problems from like other people that I met out in the world uh, saying, Oh, you shouldn't play that game. It's like, you know, for Satanists and stuff like that. It was more of like, Oh, okay. Well, that's a little different or I, I never had that issue ever. I, I, it's hard to believe that. I mean, I had such a horrible time growing up playing D and D. Really? Yeah, I, that's. I, I mean, I started like around ten ish, around there. You lived. You lived in New York, right? Yeah. Yeah. I see. <clears throat> sorry. And I mean, yeah. That's that's. Yeah. I find that just it's just weird because. Oh. Anyway, so sorry, sorry. No, I'm. I don't, <clears throat> So I went to I was going to an after school not after school it was like a summer program where you all went to the park and everybody did like you know the mm-hmm. stupid like council bullcrap stuff and played games and stuff like that and then then I met the the great Joe DM oh. 
<laughs> yeah, he actually was one of the people that was during he was during school. This was his uh, during the summer. This was his job. He was in the park, and he basically did like you know weed work and stuff like that to earn some money during the summer. And then it was really cool because he was like, I'm like, I saw his backpack one day and I saw the book sticking out. And I'm like, oh, what's this? He's like, oh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Of course, he didn't speak like that. Like, you know, he didn't. <laughs> that would have been awesome if he did, though. <laughs> so, yeah. So we started, I started asking him questions. And like, he's like, oh, I'm going to have a little break in about an hour if you just want to uh, chill out and play some D&D. So that's how I really started playing D&D with him. And then it became, instead of going to the uh, summer program. It started. I just went to the park every day at eight o'clock in the morning to play D and D with Joe. Cool, Vince. Uh, you don't have to lie to us anymore. He didn't work at the park. He was just a homeless guy at the park, wasn't he? No, Sal. You sure? He was just just some dude hanging out watching the kids at the camp. No, he he wasn't. Okay, fair enough. Not at all. Anyway, <laughs> I got a lot of slack from my mother about <clears throat> she used to always like wonder what these books were, and then she saw a couple of the books with the demon cover and. Yeah. And she like listened to my phone conversations on the other phone. You know, remember? When had, <laughs> yeah, the other phone. Well, the multiple phones in the house. <laughs> we had two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, if I would call like one of my other friends, we were talking about at the time, which we were talking about a campaign about demons and stealing their uh, crystals to gather their souls up. Of course, that helped. Yeah. And yeah, she'd be listening, and she'd be like, "What is this about demons and their soul? What are you doing with demons?" So I got things like that. And, then it was like, you know, if you weren't reading those damn books, you'd probably be doing better in school. Oh, yeah. oh well, I kind of got that, too. <laughs> I got that one thing. It's like, I, I, concentrate on your schoolwork. Well, what kid hasn't heard that before? Well, yeah, if you put as much time into schoolwork as you do that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I did say, I will definitely say, when you first learn to play the game, <clears throat> a big, like, addiction. You really, really do like playing. And you're right, Sal? Yeah, sorry. Okay. I, was trying to, I was trying to do it away from the mic. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so maybe lose my train of thought. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that was my experience. I had a lot of trouble with that. And during school, there was a lot of people that found that I played. There was, it was either one route or the other. It was, oh, cool, I'm gonna, I want to play a game with you. And, or it was, oh, my God, I need to stay away from my parents. Warn me, you're satanic. Oh. See, I, I, wow. yeah. living in New York, having grown up in Queens, I found the, the exact opposite. We just didn't we didn't have anyone to play with. It was me and I had one other guy um, who was an old, oddly enough, an older guy. Oh. And yeah, and he introduced me to it. Was, I saw it and then go ahead. <laughs> was he the homeless guy you were referencing? He was the homeless guy I was, re- I was referencing. I was, I was trying to project. I thought so. Um, hey, you want to play a game, kid? But now, again, the funny <laughs> part of I come from CCD. I don't know if you guys, if anybody knows, it was basically religious study on Wednesdays. Yeah, because I went leave, to Catholic school and they had that, yeah. Yeah, you leave school. Well, I went to public school and Wait, you leave no, public CCD. Catholic, Christian, no, Catholic, no, Christian criminal defense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And uh, so Wednesdays, I would leave, and then we'd go to church, and, you know, we do our, you know, you make, uh, you go through your whole thing, building up for your confirmation a whole bit. Yep. And then we'd walk across the street to my friend Kevin's house, and his older brother had the red box. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, so that's how we started playing the game, and it was never about demons. You know, it was because the the monsters they gave you in the back were minotaur and the minotaur was the big he was that big go-to monster all the time oh yeah yeah <clears throat> so it was like it, monsters from myth and legend mostly yeah, yeah it was and that was the stuff we were learning in 
school at that point too. So it, it all just tied in and there was never an issue. Yeah. yeah. Never until it was uh, literally, and then I guess 2020 put something out or Geraldo Rivera, one or the other, and somebody, you know, busted it out and somebody's mom saw it. So now it became, you know, we had the book with the, with the, the, the blue map in the back and, we were looking at it at CCD because we were about to leave. We're waiting for Kevin and two other kids to come. And all of a sudden that just, that blew up. But aside from don't bring this to CCD anymore, it was never an issue until later, until I got older. Oh, <clears throat> I did also get the whole, my mother talking to me because she talked to the priest in our family who said, you know. The gateway. Yes. Well, no, no, not that. No, no, no. Oh, <laughs> I got to get my voice going. Well, you know, with Dungeons and Dragons, when a person has a character around 10th level, they get very attached to that character. Once they get attached to that character and that character dies, it's like a piece of their soul dying. So thus they want to kill themselves. And my, mom, my mother asked me, she goes, did you have any characters that are around 10th level and you lost them? And I'm like, Mom, I have so many characters that when they die, I just throw the paper out and move to the next one. <laughs> Tenth level, I wish. I, mean, I didn't know, care. I mean, I really didn't care. Right. So, oh, the character died. Just write up another one. But you know what? Now that you, um, <clears throat> uh, both of you guys are, you are talking about like some experiences like in school. I do remember one uh, moment where I did bring my books to school after the fact because that's how I learned about the game. Was somebody brought the uh, the basic uh, D and D, uh, you know, the purple box. Yeah. You know, the the uh, the Moldvay edition, uh-huh. and that's how I got. That's how I got into it back in 1980, and then the, the following uh, Christmas or 81, I got the books. But I remember bringing them. I think it was after Christmas break, and I had them in my book bag or or somewhere, and somebody stole them. Oh! And I reported it to the teacher, and it got up to the principal, and we found out who stole them. Found the books. And this. I'm sorry, I say this. This little rat bastard actually tried to white out my name and put his name in the book wow. where I wrote my name. I'm like, really? I'm like, wow. You gotta be kidding me. That's pretty and, obvious. And, yeah. and, and the only thing that the principal said and the teacher says, like, just don't bring them to school anymore. You don't yeah. want these stolen. And that was the it. Yeah. That was the end of it. That was a- I'm like, okay, totally makes sense. I won't bring them to school anymore because I won't get them stolen. I'm good. Because. Right. Because I love them. They're my precious. Um, that was my backpack for school. I mean, it mostly just had D&D books in it. And maybe yeah. One or two yeah. regular school books. Yeah, pretty much. And But after that, yeah, I didn't bring them to school more because I didn't want to have them stolen. You know, because this kid was a little jerk. Yeah. So, right. and, and this was at a Catholic school, mind you. Yeah. Matt, yeah, what about little, you? Your um, experience. Actually, my first D&D books uh, were given to me by a middle school teacher. Oh. Yeah, uh, I actually one day went into class with uh, the Matt from the Hyborian Wars uh, play-by-mail game, and oh, she wow. saw it. She was like, oh, you're a D&D kid. And I'm like, I had played, like, second edition at a friend's house before. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I played it, and I think I, I might have had – and at the time, I did have a second edition player's handbook, and that was it. So a few, she brings, like, her old son's first edition – Red Fire Elemental DMG in and lets me borrow it and read it. Nice. So I give it back to her. And then school's out, and she calls me at home. Hey, um, someone was having a 
getting rid of some D&D books down the street from me. Um, do you want to meet up and I'll give them to you? So yeah. she gave me the uh, first edition DMG, the Fire Elemental one, Fiend Folio, Monster Manual 2, and Demi-Dot Gods and Deities. And that's oh, cool. how I got started. Nice. So, but I had a set, the only player's handbook I had was second edition. So, mm-hmm. and I didn't have Monster Manual 1, so my games were a little wacky. But I really didn't run into a lot of pushback other than like you're carrying that first edition DMG around and people <laughs> see the giant red fire elemental and think, oh, that's a demon. Well, th- yeah. Demon. I mean, that's yeah. a D. Yeah. Uh, what do they know? Right. Noobs. Noobs. Oh, and then there was one time I went into a Walden Books, though, and I just like, oh, ask, where's your uh, role playing game section? And the the lady working the counter was like, thankfully, we don't have that section here. Well, that's wow. like, like a lady to me. Yes. Yeah, it's a very manly voice. Yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, they, I, so that was like Frau the, Brooker. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, that was really the only real big pushback I got. I mean, but also I didn't start gaming until the 90s when it was like the dark periods of TSR. <laughs> so they actually had uh, Advanced Dungeons Dragon books in Toys R Us. That's where I yeah. bought Sears. Oh, oh, Sears yeah. had a section. Yeah. I, I remember it in Toys R Us, though. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't expect it to be there. I can yeah, remember, I remember seeing books at like a KB Toys in the mall, yeah. like Wilderness yeah. Survival Guide. Yeah. yeah. Where I grew up, I remember besides the, the, the actual game store I went to, Star Realm, uh, there was the Sears store. I remember it was there was a, like a, a rack of like magazines and other types of books that was near back and i'm going back in the day you remember this vince when you go to the sears store and they you can look through the catalog there at the yeah. catalog section and yeah. yeah that was awesome and there, in fact i bought my rogues gallery from book from the sears <laughs> remember that yeah and uh walden books like you brought up matt was another great place oh, yeah. to didn't walden books used to have an ice cream bar in it at one point uh, not the one I went nah, to. No, not the ones around here. One, the one at the mall I went to, they they actually, during the 80s, they had a science fiction fantasy book club. Yeah. Well, and you signed up for it. I think you you got, if you bought a certain amount, you got a certain percentage off your purchase or something like that. Sounds about right. And I remember having that card. I'm like, and, I'm, and I still remember when I bought my copy of Mordekainen's Fantastic Adventure. Uh, <sighs> I bought that from Walden Books, and um, that's still sitting on my shelf. But those are yeah, those are some great places you would not think of nowadays that they would have books for D and D like a Sears store. You know, now you can find uh, fast forward 2016. You could find D and D in Walmart now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you look hard enough, in the quick impulse section at my Walmart, nice. right oh. by the register, right there. It was right on the shelf. Well. Three- of the box set yeah well the the trick with that section is it's not really walmart stock i think if it's like target it's another uh third-party vendor comes in and stocks it uh like at target excel is the one who actually stocks like the trading cards and the collectible things not target well regardless of what it is it's still there yeah 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 they still have distribution yeah which is pretty amazing to have that done uh, to see D&D sitting at the Walmart register now after all these years of it being so evil. Right. Evil. Well. So go ahead and go into your Dallas incident now. Yeah, I was just going to say, because 
what happened with the Patricia polling was right about the same time what happened with what I call the Dallas incident or otherwise known as you know James Dallas Egbert the third have you noticed there's a lot of nepotism with these names yeah <laughs> it's just kind of weird but there was it was in 1980 79 80 where um James Dallas Egbert III, he was a student at Michigan State University. He was born in Dayton, Ohio. He was like a child prodigy. Um, I believe he went to Michigan State University. He was 16 years old, and he was going on a computer science uh, major. And he he was in the D&D, and he uh, disappeared from his dorm in August 15th, 1979. Uh, the disappearance it got to the point where they were doing the doing an investigation where he was. Um, there was a private investigator that was called in by the name of William Deere. Um, and he tried to put two and two together and saying, uh, he, he thought that Egbert's disappearance was related to D and D and the, it was very circumstantial evidence, if at that. Um, he ended up, they found him. Uh, finally, he was uh, in uh, New Orleans. And, um, uh, or uh, Dallas Egbert ended up in New Orleans. He tried to commit suicide there. And uh, that failed. He moved on to someplace else in Louisiana. He was working as an employer on an oil field. And uh, Egbert, I guess, called the investigator, Mr. Deer, and revealed where he was. He traveled uh, there to Louisiana, tried to get him. Uh, and Egbert asked uh, Mr. Deer to not uh, reveal anything about the truth of his story. And uh, it was about a year later. So he was fine. He didn't die or anything, uh, according to what happened with D and D. The problem with 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 with, with uh, Egbert was that he had other stuff going on in his life that contributed to what was his eventual suicide a year later, yeah. in August of 1980. He died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound, but he was. Um, he was had a lot of pressure going into school, being a child prodigy at sixteen. Uh, there was also um, it was also told that he was a a closet homosexual, and there was a lot of you know a lot of pressure about that sort of lifestyle back then, and so there was that as well, and. Um, those were probably more of the key contributions of what happened, you know, the pressure of trying to keep, you know, that particular type of lifestyle out of the picture of him. And also the, all the pressures of school being a young kid going in that time, he had a lot of pressure from his family. If anything, probably D and D was a release from those pressures. Right. He could escape from all that crap. Right. So, but it got sensationalized and that really started the ball rolling when he got to Patricia Pulling and 
her report, which was a bunch of bunk. Yeah. Which and which I uh, thank God Mr. Stackpole took both barrels and blew that sucker away. But you know, that created the there was a uh a, a book that was written in 84 called the dungeon master by this guy, William Deere. Oh, who, by the way, is not exactly the most stellar kind of guy in the planet either. He was part of the 1995 Fox television program, alien autopsy. Mm-hmm. So, so what about that supposed alien autopsy video? If you remember back in the mid nineties, also mm-hmm. he wrote something about like, he knows that old, Jay Simpson was the killer, and yeah, he does not have a whole lot of no. cred- credibility in most people's eyes. No. So, yeah, and something so, to say. something else to remember with the uh, James Dallas Egbert investigation: the police never believed it was Dungeons and Dragons, but they no, they never did. They never it was did. Just, it was just a private investigator, William Deere. Right. The, and the uh, police, though, let that Dungeons and Dragons story continue, though, and didn't debunk it because yeah, yeah. they thought he was kidnapped. And they thought yeah. if the kidnapper didn't think they were on to him, it would be they'd have a better chance of finding him alive. So yeah. the police just step back. Hey, let them talk their crazy Dungeons and Dragons talk because it's distracting people from the real investigation we're doing. And that gets into where when this was all going on where Gary Gygax had a list, had a little bit of a visit from the police at at his place talking about the game and doing a little investigation. And, um, and I know I'm, and this is coming from uh, the new book empire of imagination. There is a sec, this whole thing that happened with Dallas Egbert and how, the police depart the the local police came over to uh, I I think it was either Gary Gygax's house or at TSR Hobbies at their um, at their offices, and they were looking around at like like the like a they were trying to think like there was pinholes in the wall where this map was somehow trying to somehow tied to what was happening with with uh egbert being missing i mean there was some crazy outlandish stuff just just nuts so so anyway anyway yeah that um that whole affair that happened with him is is very tragic because it had nothing to do with dnd at all really it was just a, a real we connect the dot situation. It was right. the scapegoat. Yeah. I mean, you know, God forbid we would blame the parents for being super, super uh, tough on their kid when they're 16 years old, going to get a computer programming degree at a, at a high, uh, at a, at a big 10 university, a very right. prominent university. I mean, nothing about that, you know, cause he's emotionally you know, 16. You're not, you're not too well, versed in the world and how to deal with things and um plus uh, it, it just it, it was just a terrible thing all the way around i mean it is a yeah. tragic thing you know when he died but also just pointing a finger at at, at a very uh, a very not i would say mundane but harmless thing right. as a game <laughs> you know mm-hmm. 
Right. And I bet, so. I mean, that's just been kind of tradition almost in the U.S. from when pinball games were banned for like 40 years in some cities. or Yeah, up until the 70s because they were thought a form of gambling or something like right. that. Right. Uh, uh, Mayor LaGuardia of New York said they were stealing the nickels and dimes of the children because we must yeah. think of the children. Or the comic books back in the 50s. That was the great corrupter. Mm-hmm. Uh, or heavy metal music. I mean, it, it just continues on. There's the video games of the 90s, and even today, to some extent, it doesn't quite have the same push. But remember in the 90s when it was like violent video games. Right. There's always something that society will try to blame on corrupting the children as opposed to thinking, you know, maybe we're doing something if there's an issue, if there even is an issue. That's the other thing. Sometimes people manufacture crises for their own personal benefit, like all the uh, religious types that hopped on the bandwagon in wake of the Egbert situation and bad forming. It becomes more profiteers coming in. Right. And I would like to point out, Mm -hmm. if I may, the complete and utter hypocrisy of some of those people who jumped on that bandwagon. And I'll tell you why. Okay. There, the these people, and and I'm and I was raised Roman Catholic. I consider myself a a Christian, and I'm, but I'm not much of a I'm not much practicing Roman Catholic. I haven't gone to church in years, but I still I still believe in an Almighty and all that stuff. But keep with that that premise. Doing a lot of research on this, there, this the the. the hypocrisy of these people who try to say, you know, God for business, it's in the Bible. And well, one of the greatest Christian writers of all time, C.S. Lewis, <laughs> wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. Okay. Because C.S. Lewis himself wrote all, not only that, but a lot of other things about Christianity and, 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 a lot of, I want to say a lot of thoughts and essays on that sort of thing, but he also wrote Chronicles of Narnia. I mean, come on. (laughs) Am I not the only one who sees the hypocrisy of some of these people? I mean, also Tolkien, J.R.R. Tolkien, another one, because he was a contemporary of of C.S. Lewis. They were part of that Inklings writing group that was there in England. And he was a Roman Catholic. He was a devout Roman Catholic. He wrote the Lord of the Rings trilogy, for goodness sake, you know. And you have other Christians saying that this stuff is evil. That's insane. Just completely insane. And it just, it even goes beyond that, because like what we were talking about, even when you get to the Jack Chick and the Chick Tracks. I mean, the the one that we all know famously, the Dark Dungeons one. And that luckily, that got parodied really well <laughs> later on. Well, uh, you can even find that online. Someone did an MST3K parody of it. There's been a, yeah. there is a Dark Dungeons movie. And I don't know how they did it, but they were able to snow over Jack Chick publications to get the rights to use it. And they totally parried the hell out of it. And it's great. Because it just shows you how silly and stupid, 
stupid some of this outlash this 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 outlashing comes out from so-called christians now then those aren't christians at all those are just crazy people who speak for other people it's just nuts i did find something online and i'm going to post this in our show notes and i I just found this link when i was looking a lot of this on rick wikipedia it's a it's a book called god loves the freaks and you can i believe you can read this online for free uh on google probably could yeah and because that's where i found it right now uh that's where i found it uh recently i should say and uh it's a really really good breakdown on on a you know how all this crap that's happened in the past few years about the the craziness not just with D and D for some people but also people who are into anime or into whatever and all that sort of what we you know the kind of the fringe stuff that's that's not necessarily mainstream and a lot of and some some select Christians kind of, you know, point fingers and saying that's evil and that's from Satan or whatever. Mm. And this, this is a really good book written from a, a, a standpoint of someone who's a, who's a Christian and is a gamer. Okay. <laughs> and I could tell you that from personal experience too. I got two people in my, my, my gaming group right now. They are, they are, um, they're practicing Christians, Frank and Sherry. Love them to death. They're wonderful people, but and they're great gamers too. So I highly encourage anybody who, and even if you don't believe, at least you could read this. That like there is some sanity of some people who are who believe in God and are gamers too. So I highly recommend looking at that. There was plenty of people that believe in God heavily and play D and D. I mean, myself, I believe in God. I mean, I don't go to church as much as I probably should, but yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. like talking about it on the show, so I apologize right. to those people out there who don't like it. Jason, who used to be a, uh, a former co-host of the show, was a very heavy Christian, yeah. or I'm mm-hmm. not sure which one, but mm-hmm. whatever, close enough. He was heavily into God. Yeah. So it's not like you know, just freaks and geeks were. Right. There even had there's even a, a person in the community that is a uh, a reverend for his yeah. church. Yeah. I can't think of his name offhand right now, and I apologize, but he isn't a D and D. Right. So yeah. doesn't really matter. If you want to find out more about some research, uh, another good link Nick I wanted to throw up was RPG RPGresearch dot com, mm-hmm. and that's a good project that started in '85. I mean, I'm not sure what happened, but then it says resumed in 2004. So either they took a hiatus or they just stopped after one year. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, it's a re- RPG role-playing game research project founded by the Hawk Robinson, W.A. Hawks Robinson, as an ongoing long-term series of projects that include studies on therapeutic and educational aspects of role-playing games. Mm-hmm. And they have all these articles and videos and speeches, and they have a YouTube channel where the gentleman goes over various aspects of the games. They even talk about how the Big Bang Theory used it in their TV show, how D&D mm-hmm. become more mainstream. Right. Yep. So there is tons of research on here. If you're one of those kids that are still getting, or one of those people that are still getting crap about playing D&D, you can always reference or refer people to this website right here. Also, at the some of the larger gaming conventions, mm-hmm. primarily like Origins and Gen Con, I've seen this, there are Christian groups of gamers that get together at those conventions. Yeah. 
I think I think that's a great thing. Right. There's like some, they'll have like Sunday service at the yes. convention. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're gamers just like anybody else. Yeah. You know, they're into the same stuff as we are. And you know what? They they just also they have a very strong faith, and they these people have no problem with it at all. So. I, I think that's a wonderful thing. And after all this stuff that's happened from the eighties and it, it kind of dwindled down in the nineties, you know? Uh, but nowadays we're looking at January, 2016. I think we can honestly say that the geeks have won. <laughs> We've won. Look at all, look at mainstream media media. Now, as far as like, like television, how many different fantasy series are out mm-hmm. there? Oh, geez, yeah. I mean, come on, Game of Thrones. Uh, you had Supernatural out there. Uh, you had uh, when it was on for a while, Dresden Files. Uh, one season. Yeah, one season, but still, I mean, and anything related to that fantasy and science fiction stuff. But and you got the and, and the, you, you do have the new Shannara series that's come out, and then you have. Like you said, uh, Big Bang Theory. They've had several episodes where D and D was somewhere within the 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 plot line of the show. Or, um, my goodness, I mean, come on, the Lord of the Rings films that came out, the Hobbit movie. Mm-hmm. The it, it's we've won. <laughs> if there, if you're gonna look at uh, winners or losers, we've won. You know, just. It, and it's it's all good. No one's going to hell because of this stuff. No. Okay. Oh. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a great pastime. It's I always say to my wife, you know, it's better than getting hooked on cocaine, isn't it? <laughs> you know, so, she's like, yeah, you got a point there. Yep. <laughs> it's better than a lot of things out there. There yeah. are a lot of things out there. I could think of far, far worse things to get, uh, you know, have it as a hobby, you know. Right. And I think also this might kind of ties in with, with all the uh, thing with people who are sports fans and sports fanatics. Personally, I don't see a difference between someone going to a Packers game when it's 10 below out, they have no t-shirt on and they're in yellow and green with a cheese on their head going golden Packers versus someone who's dresses up cosplay as a stormtrooper. Right. What the hell's the difference? They're both no. fans of something. Right. The only difference is one has, if you don't understand something, you think it's weird. Right. And if you're not. And we also have fantasy football, which is, is Dungeons and Dragons for jocks who don't play Dungeons and Dragons. Come on. Let's, let's be real. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, so, I mean, that kind of goes with the whole, like the sports fan addict and, and the people who are into our stuff, who do cosplay or in this gaming, what have you. there's no difference. It's whatever that whatever turns you on is your cool hobby, and it gives you something to uh, express yourself. It helps you relax in maybe ways. It helps you be creative. I could think of so many ways of how gaming has gotten my piqued my interest in history, also in science. Um, I also got into like mythology and legends i that's where i got like really into learning about um you know things like bigfoot and ufo and stuff like that all that sort of weird fringe stuff i just love to learn about that kind of a weird and a kind of a question to you guys 
Mm. Were you before when you got into D and D kind of interested in sort of that stuff, like UFOs and Bigfoot and all that stuff? Kind of interested in sort of those weird things. Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, because I was a big like Ghostbusters fan and things like that. So I mm-hmm. the whole supernatural stuff and. Yeah, I was always into that stuff too. When I was a kid, before I got into D and D, and that kind of like, oh wow, you know that just somehow I saw that in a link, and it I found that out at least from myself from other people they always had like a interest in the weird and the supernatural or ufos and stuff like that too not that i'd say i like believe in all that stuff but i find it interesting i'm a i'm a skeptic but i'm not a true believer either so i i just found that interesting so so the truth is out there for you it could be i don't know still searching i mean look at all the and some people get some interest in art or into writing, which could lead to writing novels or even writing scripts for movies. Um, it all ties in. It could, it's a very positive thing. So I, I, that's why it all boggled my mind when people say, well, this is a bad influence. It's evil. It's, it's from the taint of Satan. I don't know. But no, it's not. It's fine. Get over yeah. it, people. I don't know. That's just me. You're going to say that? Uh, well, just to spin off what Nick said, you could take whatever, like just about anything, and just Mad Lib it and replace Dungeons and Dragons with that thing, and it would apply mm-hmm. when it comes to you're too into it. You're, it yep. You get too f- driven. You're too focused. You spend too much time doing it. That could be anything. That's, yep. At which point, that becomes more of an addiction issue than yep. what you're addicted to. Exactly. You're, it, you hit the nail on the head. And the but people are very quick to blame the external logic, the external objects that are the focus of the addiction, as opposed to the fact that the addiction exists intrinsically. And if if it's and that's if it's causing an issue and sometimes the addiction doesn't even necessarily even cause an issue. And it could that drive that addiction can push you to do great things like uh, Olympic athletes. You you have to be addicted to what you're doing to hit that level, and because mm-hmm. if you didn't have that drive, that makes you, you kind of be an Olympic athlete, right? right? If, yeah, if you don't have that drive, that makes you kind of crazy to people that aren't equally driven. Then you will never achieve that. It's just like I know some people that have met Kurt Angle, and he's kind of nuts. <sighs> a name that nobody knows who it is, really. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. he's a wrestler. Oh. Also, gold medal Olympian. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. It's like the phrase, you can have too much of a good thing. Yeah. I, I think I already said in the show when we were talking about, we all had the talk probably from our folks. Uh, if you play that darn game too much, you know, you're going to, you know, if you put, you know, more effort in your schoolwork and then that darn game, then, you know, you do a lot better in school. Yeah, I had that talk. And actually, after a while, I kind of took it to heart. I'm like, okay, I'll do my homework. Then I'll do my gaming stuff. So, but um, yeah, too much of a good thing sometimes. Yeah, that's and but that you're right. It could be with anything. It could be with sports, or it could be with uh, uh, being on the internet, or uh, even playing console games. I mean, come on. We had a person. What was it? A few years ago, there was a there was a family in South Korea. They were playing. It was it EverQuest or World of Warcraft. So they were like- playing it so. Yeah, it was they were like, played it for 
days on end. It was like 35, 40 hours straight and died. Something crazy. Yeah, their their child died of starvation, their baby. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Not... I was actually talking about the per, uh, the person playing himself played 30, film. 40 hours straight and died. Okay. Yeah. The, the, yeah no, well, that, that's just stupidity. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that one myself, how you can play the game that long and die. I mean. Yeah. I mean. At some point, go. you're going to want to reach over and grab the Cheetos or something. Right. Or at least take a freaking nap. Right. I mean, come on. <laughs> But whatever. Yeah, I. But yeah, that's with anything. Right. It, it could happen. Someone obsesses over something, and that's that's just the psychology of the person. Right. It ne- necessarily has anything to do with the the thing itself. Right. And you if know? you look at all the incidents that caused the D&D panic. They all revolved around a tragic situation and people searching for explanations. And some some of the explanations for why it happened are rather painful to those still around because they there could be some blame directed to them that some of that guilt mm-hmm. they feel but it's far easier to externalize that guilt and anger and direct it at something else as opposed to yourself so it's kind of a coping mechanism in some ways yeah. you know what that's that's very interesting it kind of ties into i read a newspaper article on on this how human beings it appears that we are high, are wired psychologically in in one particular way to where we have to where we try to f- connect the dots to where we have to find connections to find the you know uh, the uh, cause and effect of everything right and that might have been a like a, a a primal uh survival technique right for early humans but it's still there and it kind of all ties into like some of these people who were into all those sort of conspiracy theories like th- you know this person did this and Oh, couldn't be a lone gunman. It had to be this, or um, you know, the the great conspiracy of the Freemasons trying to take over the world, or some crap like that. Right. You know, um, I happen to believe. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. just kidding, just kidding. Yeah. Um, I am a Freemason, but um, yeah, it it it's one of those psychological things as human beings that we have to try to connect the dots, try to find. Right. Uh, some sort of logic to all this chaos right. that's going on right. around us. The human brain is horrible at random. It cannot yes, it handle is. the concept of random. It has to find patterns. That's what where casinos make their money mm-hmm. is taking advantage of making you, th- tricking you into thinking there's a pattern when there's not. Combine right. that pattern of the slot machine. Oh, every fifth pull I seem to hit. You just feel that. It's not really real. Right. Mix that just... with the blinky uh, lights and rewards and all the, and the sounds when you do hit like your nickel when you bet a dollar. You get mm-hmm. a good feeling, and you think you figured out that pattern, and you keep gambling. Right. And that, and that all kind of ties back to here. All these people trying to find the, the, the causes of these things, and it just seemed like, oh, wait a minute. There's that strange game over there in the corner of his room. That might be it. Throw in, yeah, and you throw in the fact that they also – it's something they don't understand. So you mix yes. something they don't understand while trying to find an answer for something that's not really easily explained. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, I don't understand this, so it has to be that. Yeah. So there's all those sorts of things kind of tied into what 
but we all said it's it was a hysteria of epically stupid stupid proportions yeah because after a while instead of get some of the people that hopped aboard instead of being ones like where they lost someone and they're trying to search for answers they're just using it as an opportunity to get themselves on television and that's when the really stupid crazy stuff starts happening right and 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 don't get us wrong out there folks because what happened to the dallas egbert and 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 polling to those two those two young men very tragic not saying that it was all but D&D wasn't the cause it was something else going on in their lives that was far far more deep down psychological right it's yeah it's usually never one thing there's all when it comes to suicides they're typically it's a culmination of many things mental illness mixed with a bunch of other outside life forces and yeah and that and also in the case of Egbert uh it's that from reading about him he didn't have a great social structure he no, didn't he have didn't. a support system so when you're in that spot with and depression kicks in and you have no social structure at all that even could possibly be a lifeline it can push you to do very bad things it even said in the the the, the reports that about like about James Egbert was that he had depression suffered loneliness, parental pressure, and drug addiction. I would look at all of those things as more causes than an innocuous game like D&D. Oh my gosh, a game that actually makes you, helps you imagine escape from the real world and from your real world problems, and you can do, and do something that could maybe have some sort of good outcome. Um, yeah, that's the bad thing right there. Yeah, we can't have that. That's, that's just, that's counter, that's counterintuitive. That's they did, illogical. They did find Egbert or Dallas, whatever. It is. Yeah, I said, yeah, they found him later on in Louisiana. He was working on an oil rig. Right. So. How we wound up getting there, who knows? Uh, he traveled there. He traveled by bus, from my understanding. Well, I just can't figure out why he was working on an oil rig. Maybe it was the only job he can get. Right, yeah. It's pro- it's pro- he probably just picked a direction, wrote, wrote it out, and tried to just yeah, he, do his he, thing. He, uh, yeah, I mean, but yet he had all that depression going on in his life, and everybody ignored it. They thought the D- D&D was the source of the depression. Right. The drug, no, no, no. It's the other way around here, folks, that was causing him. It was the drug addiction and the depression and the loneliness that was causing all of his problems. Right, and not to mention also being the 16-year-old child prodigy amongst a bunch of 18 to 22-year-olds on a college campus can't be yeah, well for your Yeah, and a big college campus. It's a very prominent and, one. And, and like you said, no social structure. Who right. the heck was he going to talk and to? And as you're growing up, you're different from all of your classmates. You're different from everyone else that should be like you, Everyone and everyone knows you're different, and you get yeah. treated as that, and it that can create that help exacerbate that isolation even further. So. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it was, they were pointing the fingers at the wrong things. I mean, mm-hmm. and we all know that now it's just at the time keeping within the historical context of the time, it just seemed very, it was like knee jerk reactions. Yeah. You know, I mean, God forbid if everybody, if 
the society would point the finger at itself, you know, as being a part of the problem. Right. But new, we can't have that. But like I said, over time, the stuff has faded away. Pretty much mock it now. Because of how stupid and ignorant they were. And now we have shows like Game of Thrones. (laughs) Yeah. And And it's a wonderful thing now. Yeah. And if anyone wants to see the 60 minutes uh, piece with Gary and pulling, uh, it is on YouTube. So I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Awesome. That was an interesting little topic. I heard that highly edited. Yes. From what I understand, and it was very biased and mispulling. Yeah. From, that... from what I've heard. I hadn't the, seen it. The liberal media just took whatever they wanted yeah. and they found interesting and they just, yeah, whatever direction. Oh, I mean, no way. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's fairly standard that because they go before they even do the story, they already know how they want the story to go. There was media bias in 80 and 81. Yeah. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I don't know. I, I, I am. I'm glad we talked about this. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up as a topic because uh, I think there's a lot of people out there that listen to the show that, in one way or another, they they've been affected by this in their lives. Well, we some of us might not have and had positive experiences too. So. We talked about mazes and monsters a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. And the Dallas incident, but we never actually got into the whole Patricia Pulling and how it affected us and how it affected most of the people that listen to the show that are probably around our age. And probably some newer people that listen to the show age-wise of the newer generation are like, I don't have any problems playing D&D. What are they talking about? I'd like to know more about that. So Yeah, yeah. and that's good because uh, a lot of the, the, the kids who – kids. <laughs> now I'm, yeah. Damn kids. Damn kids nowadays. Well, now it's good that we give them some history about some of the the bad stuff that happened in the past. And looking at it, I was like, we're very, very lucky now. This didn't get way out of control because it could have. Right. It could have. But um, I'm sure there are still uh, segments of this country in the United States where they still see this game as evil and it should be burned. They just brought it up. I know it was just brought up on the 700 Club about a couple of weeks ago uh, when they were talking about it. And he, what's his name, still believes it's still an evil game. So Pat Robertson? Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Right. He yeah. still believes it's an evil game. It's a satanic gateway to evil and death and destruction. I'll just say it right now. He's a deluded, senile old man. Isn't, is he the one that also thinks men were riding on the backs of dinosaurs? Yes, I think so. Okay. Him and I like that. That's why I say I think uh, him and Jack Chick are pen pals or something like that. You know, because Lord knows they won't go on the internet because that's evil too. I mean, stuff. Whoa. Sorry. Sorry. Edit, edit, edit. (laughs) All right, folks. On that note, we'll be right back after this. Are you enjoying the show you're listening to right now? Want to help support the show? Why not head over to the Patreon site, patreon.com slash WGP. That's patreon.com slash WGP. And help support the network for as little as $1.50 a month. That's right, $1.50 a month goes a long way. Thank you. Sage advice. 
And we're back, and we're going to do our final segment of today. Uh, we're going to have, reach into the email bag. Yeah, we've moved sage advice back to the end of the podcast now because more people requested that hmm. as opposed to uh, at the beginning. So people usually just be like, no, I don't want to read, listen to email. Oh, blah, blah, blah. You're boring me already with this. This is garbage. Move out of the way. But who? who, who that's my chair. What's that? That's my chair. Who's that? It's all for said. Now, everybody, back up. Who? I'm going to read these. Who are you? Oh, uh, relax a second. My name's Cranston. 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 That's right. Cranston. Everybody like, just who let you let the studios. Yeah. I, what? The door's Apparently. wide open, you piss. So now listen. <laughs> hey. Apparently the kobolds aren't doing their job. I'm yeah. listening to this whole podcast, and I'm falling asleep. And you say, oh, we got to do emails. Oh, great, because I wasn't sleepy enough. You, you bore the out of me. You know that south seat right there? He can go out. Hey. I don't think that's cool at all, dude. Seriously, that's my seat, and you're getting... I don't even know what that is. You're getting on my seat. I hope that's pudding. Vince, I'm, I'm going to go. All right. Let this, let this all right. Little emails, I'm out. But you're already off mic anyway, so it sounds like you're off the studio. It's fine. Yeah. Fine. All right. Fine. Okay. Whatever. All right. Yeah. Right. Now, can I get going with this now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have the emails. There you go. Oh, fine. Go. Go. Now I get to read what these Tulsa's think of you. Let's see. Let's see. Dear DM Vince, Nick, and Sal. A shout out to DMs Jason, Matt, Will, Chris. What? Was this kumbaya? We gonna sing with all these bastards? I'm still here. I'm not dead, people. <laughs> you might as well be. You're boring me to death. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you know, he's kind of right, though, Matt. You're sometimes not here, but yeah. anyway. Wow. Let's see. So apparently, this Tulsa. I've been a loyal RFI podcast listener since the very early days when it was just DM Vincent Jason. That's when you guys were dating, right? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh, oddly man. enough. When I started listening, through more than five years of devoted listenership, I've never actually picked up a D20 and played any D&D. What? What? Okay. Okay, it kind of blew my mind there, too. Yeah. <laughs> so wait a minute. So this guy's not a gamer, and he's listening to you bastards. Boring talk. <laughs> okay. I have, I have, he has more. I have. General interest from a sociological perspective. Read it well, pal. The hell does that mean? Um, and the manners in which adults continue to partake in imaginative play out of childhood. I find that tabletop RPGs, LARPs, and improv theater to be the most culturally relevant examples. I was thinking that very same thing. I'm sure you were. <laughs> I'm sure you were. Maintaining, goal. shut up. Maintaining a child's sense of wonder is an important characteristic to develop and maintain through an adult life that often makes us feel jaded and oppressed. I want Sal back. Shut up. Do you feel jaded and oppressed, princess? <laughs> I called you princess. I think he was talking to you, Nick. He pointed at you. Hey! Imaginative play is a great way to strengthen our ability to appreciate the unseen, the unknowable, and the wondrous. So I what you're saying, so this guy's saying, it's a great way, like you guys are pretending to have a good podcast. 
Right, that's what we're doing. That's a good thing. You guys pretend to keep it up. You guys are role-playing podcasters. It's good. I get it. It's funny. Oh, he's not too bad with a nine intelligence, is he, Vince? No. All that said, though, just this month, I finally managed to gather up some of my friends. You ain't got no friends, you liar. From around the country on a road 20 tabletop, and we began our first D&D campaign. It was a ton of fun, and my players are excited and all the adventures to come, I'm, blah, blah, I'm not going to read all this. I uh, just wanted to thank you guys. Okay, I just wanted to thank you guys for keeping the gaming spirit alive, for providing me with such inspiration and guidance to embark on this new endeavor. You kept him alive, you put me to sleep. I, I don't get it. I can but- safely say, without RFI, this never would have happened. What a good night's sleep. That would have never happened if I didn't listen. No, but you just read a lot of big words. I'm impressed for an orc. You've passed on the spirit of uh, I can read. You've passed on the spirit of old school gaming to another generation and given some old friends a new chance to connect. Cheers, guys, and keep it up and keep it old school from Paul. Well, Paul, Vince is going to show up at your house and he's going to give you a big hug. Let's see. Let's read the next one. (laughs) Hey. Uh, no, this guy's boring. He could have said a lot worse, Vince. I guess so. Um, let's see. Cool. All right, here you go. Here you go. Shut up, Vince. Nobody's listening. Okay. In my game, the named NPCs are in the setting, but the chances of the PCs ever encountering them are slim to none. The big hotshot wizards are there. The Circle of Eight, for instance, is in charge running of the eight schools of magic, which literally physical schools of magic. What the hell is this guy talking about? He's talking about magic there, Orc, you know. I understand what he's... Ooh. It's time for your meds. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, aside from the named rulers, only the other appearances are Robelai and Prince Thromel, both of them, the big sisters. Connect in action with the Temple of Elemental Evil when running that module, I often mentioned what was done by Robelai. Catching up, slowly but surely, DM Freddy. DM Freddy, I've got an idea. Start off your emails with a subject as to what the <coughs> you're talking about. Hey, 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 hey. I can't say that. Why not? He's a re- What's wrong with this guy? I have no idea what he's talking about in my game. What about your game? All right, let's go on to the next one. Hi there. This guy's I just discovered of elemental your evil. podcast. Yeah. And uh, oh, he must have been looking under some crappy rocks. And I'm making my way through volume one. I was wondering if there was a reading list. Reading list. I'm interested in reading the novel DM Jason talked about. So was this, how, how many years ago was this DM Jason? Who's he? Five years ago we're talking about? Yeah. Oh, oh, he, he mentioned a book at some point. Somebody look up the archives for this toss. I think it was a he Jack Vance book. book. Yep. Okay, then. He needs the book. And this guy's name was his, was his Tulsa's name. Danger Bob. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Danger Bob. That's kind of like what you do, Vince, except yours is with Neil. Oh. You have. Okay, hey, next one. Hey, hey, hey. You have probably been told this, but druids can shape change at seventh level. It's there. The A, comma, B, and C are in the PHB on 21. Mike. Mike's a rules lawyer. Good for you, Mike. You showed him. <laughs> what else we got? Hi, RFIers. Uh, who is this? Hi, RFIers. 
I enjoy your recent issue on Tucker's Coke. Kobolds. I'm not reading something about coal. From that's the goblin's henchman. Blah blah blah. I'm not reading the rest. All oh, right. What you got something against kobolds there? They up? suck. They suck. It would be like having. It would be like having a dungeon full of Nick. Ooh, whoa, whoa, okay then. All right. All right. The only thing worse would be to have a dungeon full of Matt because then it'd be okay, empty. Okay. Okay. Oh. Bring it on there, Nick and Face. Okay. Still, oh, and let me just quail that. That's a big word, isn't it, Nick? Quail. Let me just quail that little root, that little bit of uh, urban legend. We ain't all got pig faces, huh? As yeah. opposed to Nick, who's got pigs. <laughs> all right, oh, let's move hey, on. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, it's more than you have there, pal. Hello, DMs. I've downloaded and listened to all 24 episodes of The Quiff to Boss, but <laughs> in the end, with a Q&A, Mateo. I don't know what that means. We're going to move on. Matteo, not Matteo. Eh, whatever. Jason sucks. He is annoying. <laughs> I guess he's going he to email. He is way too negative and tried to pretend he's some super indie dude, but he's an Apple fanboy. Okay. Um, nobody cares that he's a technologist. I've heard he leaves the show, blah. Okay. He is way too negative. First of all, the whole email you've sent DM negative. <laughs> yeah. So technically, you're kind of the same as Jason. You're stupid. <laughs> all right. Everyone can now go back to sleep because the show's going to be boring because I have to go get my Pop-Tart out of the toaster. Pork's eating Pop-Tarts? I guess so. He... What flavor? I think you left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Is he a house guest of Sal's or? I don't know. He came into the studio through the door. Nick, make sure to put a lock on the door. Next. I know. Apparently, the the cobalts are. Well, yeah, we yeah we need to have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. I better go check on them later. Yeah, there might we, not be many left. Right. We we may have an HR issue here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Think. Yeah. All right, so on that note, we're going to end the show and uh, say keep it original, keep it old school. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Podcast is a production of Wild Games Productions in association with d20radio.com. You can visit us at rfipodcast.com or contact us on our forums at osrgaming.org or even by calling us at 570-865-4210. This podcast is produced for entertainment purposes only. All other uses are prohibited. And remember, if your magic missile spell doesn't automatically hit, you're playing the wrong edition. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Roll for Initiative. Roll for Initiative.